Hi, I'm Gui. I'm Afif. And I'm Long. And you're listening to Copy Overflow, a monthly podcast about software development. So this episode, we have Felicity joining us. So we'll talk more about why Felicity is here and why we invited Felicity to be on. But before that, Felicity, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on Copy Overflow today. So my name is Felicity. I'm a recent computer science graduate, and I'm currently working as a back-end engineer at Fave. So I completed a three-month internship at Fave last August, and I've been working full-time there for about five months now. Thanks, Felicity. So yeah, one of the reasons why uh, we got Felicity on is because during her internship period, I supported her. It's a good topic because I feel like not enough people talk about internship overall in like software development in Malaysia more particularly. So I think it's a good opportunity like for Felicity who has just been through that experience, right? Growing from trying out internship all the way to becoming a full-time software engineer. So that's why she's here. But yeah, I guess should we dive into <laughs> internship? Before we dive in, like what you say, it's not commonly talked about. I think especially for software engineering internships, people would wonder like what was the process like to find a place to intern or what do people usually look for and what, what usually are the aims for this internship or goals. Felicity, do you want to share a little bit about your experience there? Yeah, sure. So for me, I had sort of a general idea of some tech companies that there were in Malaysia that I'd like to work at. So what I did was I just Googled a few of them and I found out what languages and frameworks that they use and as well as some of like the ratings on Glassdoor and like the job descriptions on Job Street and all the other uh, hiring sites. And then I applied for a few of those places and just waited. And so for the aim really that I had was that my main goal was I wanted somewhere that used Ruby on Rails because I learned Rails during my Funnier project time. So I thought I don't really want this to go to waste and I want to go somewhere where I'll be able to carry on learning Ruby on Rails. And also I want somewhere that's going to give me a chance to learn a lot. Yeah, the process was mostly just searching for somewhere, applying, and then waiting for like the HRs to get back to me. After that was just the interview process and technical interview, and then like interview with the manager. And yeah, that was about it, actually. But the whole process took about a whole month from beginning to end. Sounds pretty much like a full-time role interview. I, I guess we could come back more into that because you mentioned technical interview. I'm definitely interested. What sort of technical interview they will ask someone who hasn't left school yet? But before that, was there a reason why you decided to do internship? Was it because it's a school requirement or is something that you wanted more experience on the field before you leave school? I was forced to by my uni. Yeah, so you have to do an internship if you want to graduate. And I'm also curious, just now you mentioned you want to continue work, to work on Ruby Rails with your internship, but how, how do you find out like if an organization is running Rails? Is it from sites like Glassdoor? Do they reveal those? Uh, yeah, they actually mentioned it on, it was either their listing, like either on like the, the company website or like if you just go and look on Job Street. If you look on Job Street in the job description, usually it'll tell you what languages and what frameworks it's looking for. But for the places that I applied, it was all... I think it was mostly that places that specified that they're looking for Ruby on Rails, people with Ruby on Rails experience. But actually going back to that, it was different because internships, they don't really expect you to know anything. But I was like looking at also like the, what languages they use for front end and back end. And I think it was in the back end listings that I saw that they use Ruby on Rails. So you have to do a bit of digging, I suppose. 
yeah, I guess you could kind of treat it as like a full-time job search as well. So like you were looking for Ruby on Rails role, right? So you probably search Ruby on Rails internship and see what companies show up. I assume. Because you also mentioned like the career sites for the companies as well as job search sites like Job Street and whatnot. So I assume that was the method you used to search for an internship. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. If they don't list the language or frameworks they use in the internship opening, do go dig around the company. If they're hiring full-time Rails developers, then you can derive from there that they're actually running Rails. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember if I did that or not, but yeah, I just remember that the places that I applied to was all Ruby on Rails places, but I can't even remember how I figured it out. Wow, that's some... uh... Advanced investigation skills there. <laughs> oh, so so one thing also I'm curious is that when you apply to these companies, were you applying to specifically an internship role or could it be a scenario where they, they weren't openly offering internships but you email in still? Like, was there a scenario like that? No, I actually only applied to internship roles. All right, yeah, that, that sounds about right. It would be kind of thick face if you like, hey, I don't see any internship roles, but I'm going to email you to see if there's any. <laughs> okay, my bad. My bad for asking <laughs> such a question. But I think that's a good approach though. If you're really interested to like say, join and learn about an organization, about their tech stack or product, I think it's no harm to send an email like that, right? Yeah, at least then the HR will know that you're very eager. <laughs> like, I don't know anything, but just take a chance on me, hire me. <laughs> Alright, coming back to one thing you mentioned earlier. So because you, you mentioned that you have to attend technical interviews, but then at the same time you mentioned that they don't expect you to know anything. So so I'm really curious what sort of questions they ask during like the technical interviews. Uh but yeah, yeah, Felicity definitely like to hear like what you experienced through. But don't give us the details, I guess. Okay. So I had a few different technical interviews with different places. So one of them it was like do the interview immediately in front of that person. So she just asked me a few different questions and I had to funnily she didn't want to hear my thoughts on it she just wanted my answers so I just had to come up with a few answers so she gave me some pseudocode and asked me what's the output of this going to be so I just had to go through it and tell her what I thought the answer was and then she asked me like a couple of math questions and then for a different interview I was actually given a take-home test so it was like you have a week to finish this uh just do what you can answer as many questions as you can. It was building a web app and then come back in a week and we'll arrange for the next interview if you pass this test. Well, even for an internship, they still have like multiple stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as easy as, as you think it would be to get an internship. I can't tell the difference between the interview for internship and for a full-time position anymore at this stage. Yeah, I have the feeling they just reuse their existing full-time interviews and they're like, we will scale our expectation accordingly because the, the submission is from an intern. At that point in time, for someone who like, haven't leave school yet, how, how were you feeling? Like, what, were, you, were you stressed out with all this? Yes, <laughs> so stressed out. Because at the time that I was doing all these interviews, I was also having to work on my final year project. So I was juggling all these things at once. So it was so stressful. And so the the week that I had to do that technical test was three weeks before I had to hand in my final year project. (laughs) Yes, so that was was a lot. But actually it was also kind of worked out well because my final year project was in the same language as that test. And because the technical test was to write a web app and my final year project was also a web app. So I kind of already had the basics that I needed for that interview. So having done my final year project is probably what got me that internship. 
I guess things line up well for you. And while you were saying that, I really was imagining like, imagine someone who had a senior title say that, it would suddenly make so much sense. Like senior engineers have deadlines. For example, they're working or leading on a project with a deadline, right? Imagine working on a project with a deadline and then having to like, interview outside as well. Like this is an experience we all can relate to. So I'm like, wow, this is... So So it works out well for the senior engineer that the, that the project is similar to the interview questions? Maybe, maybe. I would say that it's very good planning from your side. Brilliant. It's completely accidental. <laughs> I sort of want to move on from the interview. I guess it's a good segue as well. Between what you learn in your university's college and between like the internship or, or even, even the interview questions, do you think like there's a big gap between them or, or is like what you learn from the education sectors lagging behind the, the industry? I would say yes, because, you know, there's always like so many new frameworks and new languages, new technology that's coming out all the time that it's hard for unis, like the syllabus, to keep up with it. So they're lagging behind by, I don't even know how many years. But so uh, like the languages you learn in school, they teach you the basics using like languages like C++ and Java. But if you tried to suggest like, can you teach me like Ruby on Rails? Can you teach me Go? There's no such thing as that in unis. Oh, well, maybe not, uh, maybe other unis, but not my uni. <laughs> yeah, and also they don't really teach you what you need to learn right away. For some reason, they drag it all out. So you need the fundamentals of like HTML, CSS, or like um, SQL. But I didn't learn that until I was almost finished with my diploma. So. They just have this weird, weird way of arranging courses that it doesn't really make sense. And you kind of have to just learn things yourself, like YouTube and Google everything. But did, did they at least cover the fundamentals? For example, version control. Like, I think 99% companies use Git or at least like some kind of maybe older version control like SVN or something? Nope, no such thing as version control in, in my uni, which that also doesn't really make sense because in this industry, it doesn't matter what like what company you're in, you're going to be having to use version control, but they just don't teach you it. They don't even tell you about it in uni. It's only like you go for a job and they just, that's it, you're flung into having to use version control with no experience whatsoever. Gui, I think you'll remember this, which was during my first week of my internship. I was asking you everything, like, what's a PR? What's a draft PR? How do I, how do I clone the repo? Can you give me the exact command I need? Because I'm afraid I'm going to break the repo. I'm afraid I might accidentally delete it. Yeah, so it's very scary going from having like no experience with Git to suddenly having to be working together with people who are really experienced in it. It's like they're almost expecting that like, you don't have to work with other people, so we just... Yeah, exactly. Like the way we do our assignments, even if it's in a group, it's like I'll work on my part, you work on your part, and then we'll all upload the same file to like Facebook or Google Drive or something, and then we'll download the whole file and we'll find which bits we added in and we'll paste it in, upload it again. So it's like really manual, really time consuming, and it's not very easy to collaborate. Some organizations still run on that variant of version control, <laughs> if you call it version control, like underscore version one, underscore version one, version two final. Yeah, that, that's actually real. I've interviewed like a software engineer who's like two years experience into the industry. And the company that she was in was still using that. Has a zip folder with like underscore two, underscore final, final, stuff like that. So it's really crazy. I felt like something like Git is something fundamental enough to actually touch on in like maybe in the university. 99% of companies use Git and like the other 1% is either 
not worth going or it's like really big like google who's like gate is no longer catering them like they have like their own version control system yeah it's, it's definitely something that unis have to start teaching or like making their students do uh, during my internship presentation that i had to do with my manager and my uni lecturer she asked him like is there anything that our students should improve on and the first thing he said was git they need to learn like git or some kind of version control and she was like okay but i don't know if she's passed that message on to like the higher ups or not but hopefully she did would you say that's the most jarring gaps like version control or do you think there's other things that's the more significant Probably that's the thing I had the most issue with when I first joined. That was the thing that caused me the most stress. After that, it would probably be like learning how to communicate with other people and learning how to understand what people want from you and how to do that properly. Because at uni, they sort of spoon feed you everything and you have to do everything the way that they want it done. But at work, you're sort of just like freedom to do anything as long as you get it done but that's not the same in uni in uni it's like you have to do it this way and you have to do it the way that i want you to do it so i guess other than the whole internship part and version control the gaps what about your day-to-day jobs does things that you learn in university help in your day-to-day jobs yeah definitely because university teaches you the basics so like in university i learned the fundamentals of like some front end, some back end development, um, networking, which I don't really use that now actually. Uh, database design, data science, also I don't use that now. But uh, we had a few courses on like how to write web apps. So uh, maybe like the first module was a very basic example of writing a web app, and then there'd be um, another module which was like web app two, web app three, web app four, and each module would just be adding a bit more complexity and like teaching more stuff. So I had one module which was they taught us about frameworks. So the framework that we used was Angular, and we learned about some architecture. So like the model view controller architecture, which Ruby on Rails is also an MVC. So if I hadn't taken that course, I probably would have been completely stuck with having to learn Ruby on Rails by myself. But they actually didn't teach that until right at the end of my degree. So it would have been better if they'd taught that a bit earlier on. Yeah, so definitely university helped me a lot with the stuff that I'm doing now. But also another thing like to remember, like even if you do have a university degree, you're still going to struggle when you first start work just because it's so different to everything you've done over the past like two or four years at uni. Yeah, I just want to give a bit of context on that question because I think nowadays there's a lot of people think that you don't really need to go through universities to learn things that you need to work as a software engineer. You could go through some online courses or even like completely self-learn. So I just want to give a bit of context on that. Yeah, but then again, you also don't actually need a uni degree. Taking courses online is probably enough as long as you learn the basics. Because like no matter what, a degree or without a degree, you're still going to struggle when you first start off. It's still going to be hard. <laughs> so make no differences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so if you take a degree, you have a piece of paper and you have like less money. If you take a free online course, you have a different piece of paper. <laughs> you print it out by yourself. Well, I would say like some online courses, or rather I guess like online bootcamps, they are not cheap either. But maybe they are not more focused and more pragmatic. The voices or opinion that I saw from a couple of people. Even though the universities may not follow the latest trend in frameworks or languages, but they do provide like the fundamentals of the foundations to build on for you to learn like the MVC concepts doesn't what frameworks you use you can still utilize that right it would be better if they just teach version control it doesn't matter git or what and you could reuse that in any version control that you want to use 
The, another thing about if you're going to university, you have a lecturer that you can ask questions, and you also have like other classmates who are going through the exact same thing you are. So you have like maybe 50 other people who like, know what you're doing, and you can ask them for some help. And like everybody's doing the same assignment, so you can kind of help each other out. <laughs> if you were to do an online course, you can kind of I suppose pick and choose what you want to learn. Whereas if you go to uni, you have to take all the ridiculous subjects like ethics and moral. Uh, even though you do a computer science degree, you still have to learn all of those subjects and you have to pass them, otherwise you can't get your degree. I would counter-argue that ethics and morals is... Okay, so it depends on the context on ethics and morals, right? If you're talking about a general subject, not a particularly good investment of time, I would agree. But if you're talking about ethics and morals in tech, for example, I think it's an area definitely we want to spend more time pondering in as well, especially with everything the industry is doing and all the advancements. That's definitely an area I can look into. I guess a counterpoint. It's not that I'm signing universities as well, but I think it's also good to be mindful that universities, while they act as schools, curriculums and education, I would say, is a kind of like a secondary priority because a lot of universities focus on research and it's usually the masters and the PhD level where they kind of encourage students to do more because of research and the whole university structure is a bit weird as well because they want to get funding from outside so they perform research and that sort of thing so I think that's a part of how university works that we need to be more mindful of. That, that's the only thing I'm not saying universities are bad or they don't care about students it's just that the way they are in- incentivized causes this yeah, I, I agree. So like these professors and lecturers, they have their own career to push forward, right? Like these careers, they're not evaluated based on how close you are to the industry. And they are evaluated baseline, like how many papers they write, like reach, like they have to write a certain number of publications or something like that. And they, they are occupied with that as well. And you cannot blame them for trying to pursue their own career just as much as like we want to pursue our own career but it's just a different lane does your university actually get feedbacks from alumni because i've talked to some other junior developers and they actually said that so the, the universities actually they actually blast surveys to their alumni say that hey you know what should we revise in terms of like the syllabus and stuff does your university actually do that uh i don't know actually but I know that after I graduated, I did get sent a survey, but it was just a question with something along the lines of, are you working in the same field that you studied? Yes or no? That was about it. I know some universities do that, but again, like even if their alumni provide feedback, it also depends on the universities and the lecturers too, if they have time to actually do those things. So if you want to update a syllabus, it's also not that easy. They, they also have to learn it themselves first before they can. Well, they, they do actually take our feedback, but... Uh, not not from after we've graduated. So like when I was still doing my degree, we started off a subject and we had a lecturer who, uh, let's just say we weren't very happy with this lecturer. So everybody complained to the head of department and they actually did listen to us and they switched and got us a different lecturer who was really amazing. Switching gears a bit, I think enough with the education talk, but coming back to your overall internship experience, was there anything in particular throughout your internship that surprised you or things that were like outside expectation or maybe you can start with how you approach the internship because I'm pretty sure even for you, like internship is like such a new thing. You you yourself probably have no expectations or don't know what to expect. So maybe you can talk more about that journey and also like overall, was there anything surprising about the internship? The only thing that I expected really was I wanted to come out of it knowing more than I did when I went into it. So just, I want to learn something. I don't care what it is as long as I learn something. About, was there anything that surprised me about it? I guess my expectations for the internship, they were exceeded within just a few weeks 
based on what I'd learned in just like within the first month. Like I'd learned so much about Git. I'd learned about uh, like how to write PRs and stuff like that, how to work on code, that like existing code, like how to work on a huge code base. Because when you're working by yourself, your code base might be like 10 files and you know where, exactly where everything is. But in an existing code base, there's, I don't know, thousands, tens of thousands of files where you don't know where anything is. So you have to get used to that. So that was something that I learned. And yeah, I also learned a lot about like how to communicate with a whole team of people, how to work together with multiple people. So yeah, that definitely surprised me with just how much I would learn from this back-end internship. And uh, I guess another cool thing that I'd like to mention is that my team that I was in during my internship, which is the same team I'm in now, we work with Google. So Google uses our company's APIs. And one of the first bug fixes that I had to do was reported by Google on one of the APIs. So I had to fix that. And once I had fixed it, my product manager had to tell Google that it's been fixed. Can you test it again? Let us know. So they tested it and he got back to me and he was like, hey, Google says it's all good. <laughs> yeah, like I'd never expected to hear those words in my whole career, never mind just during my internship. So that was definitely a really cool highlight. <laughs> Google approves your bug fixes. Google said it works. <laughs> I remember we were talking about this as well, and you were saying something along the lines that like, telling your, your peers as well, right? You get to experience this during your internship. It's like not a lot of people has the opportunity to say this. And even three of us, I don't think I don't think we have the opportunity or we had the opportunity for this as well. Yeah, it's very cool telling all my friends like, hey, Google said my code my bug fix works. And like I, I told my parents about it and my dad was going around telling people my daughter works at Google. <laughs> no, dad, no. This is such an uh, Asian parenting. Oh. The confusion, oh my god. I remember as well, uh, one thing we discussed as well during your internship was like writing tests as well. <laughs> I like, because I think in uni, you probably didn't learn about writing tests, right? And then now you, when you raise PRs and do whatever, even the bug fix, you also had to like figure out ways on how to write tests as well. Do you want to share a bit about that, that journey, like learning testing and how from like not knowing testing to like understanding what is testing and writing tests? Yeah, so I probably should have mentioned this during the, the bit where Long asked me about like the differences between the education sector and like the industry. I wasn't really taught anything about writing unit, unit tests in uni. Uh, I'm not sure, maybe just was not something that uni thinks about, or maybe just because Ruby on Rails is such a like test-driven development kind of language. But it was very hard to go from knowing zero about unit tests to, yeah, like, like we said, every single thing you do with Ruby on Rails, you have to have a unit test to go with it. Bug fix, new feature, whatever. I think it took me a week to write my first unit test because like, you add one thing and then it fails. You add something else, it fails on something else. So then you have to try and think of what's causing this to fail. And just slowly, like line by line, you might add on like an extra small thing here and then that passes. But then you realize that you've not tested it properly and you have to add something else. And because the language, like uh, for Ruby on Rails, we use RSpecs, and that's very different from anything you've ever coded in before, well, uh, from my experience. Yeah, but I can imagine, like, it's not just writing the test itself, also the concepts around testing, like mocks, for example. When I first learned, like, mocks, I couldn't write right in my head. Now I think it's simple, it's, it's mock, but I can imagine, like, if you went from zero to, like, fully doing automated tests it's like within like a month that it's just gonna like really blow your head or something like that yeah it's really a lot of things to learn yeah so much to learn but like once you learn how to write unit tests 
you realize how amazing they are. And it's like, how come I never knew about this in uni? The amount of hours that I spent manually testing out the web app that I made, uni could have spent one week teaching me how to write unit tests, and that would have made my whole degree so much easier. <laughs> so for any university worth listening, time to do some refactoring on your cost structure. But yeah, I would imagine based on what you said, like the initial learning period probably would be discouraging as well. I would imagine like, why I had to learn so much? I've just manual tested. This, this testing thing seems too complicated. Why is the mock? Why is the stuff? But yeah, I'm also glad that you pushed through it and definitely learn about like testing and all. But of course, you can't get your PR merch without that. So <laughs> that's that, right? You can't do work without that. <laughs> yeah, you have to learn it. Otherwise, you can't work. Actually, that's also like an interesting perspective. Instead of like, what surprised you about internship? Is there anything that you learn in your university that you think is absurd, but somehow when you're actually doing a real day-to-day work in internship and it becomes, oh, that's why I need to learn this. Is there anything along that line? Maybe report writing, because when you're in uni, they tell you to write reports and you know everybody's reaction is, oh, this is a report assignment, I hate it. But then you go to work and you realize you have to write documentation. You know, you change stuff, you have to note that down somewhere. And yeah, I would say that having to write so many reports and documentation in uni, where it's a pain and it's a headache then, but then you start working and you realize, I know how to do this now and it's going to help me with my work. Oh, yeah. Never thought of that that way. <laughs> Three of us have leave school for a while, right? So we don't... Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the stuff like when you do in, in class, it's like, oh, this is such a chore, such a hassle. Why are we doing this? Then when you work, then it's like, oh, there is a reason why all this is being done, right? Whether to communication or user documentation or whatnot, right? Then it's like, oh, okay, fine, I'll do it then. <laughs> I get it now. Oh. Yeah. And also, I suppose because when you're working on it in uni, you're writing like user documentation, but you're the only user. So... You're writing it thinking, why do I have to explain to myself how I'm supposed to use this? But then, you know, if it's a work thing, you have to write it down so that other people can read it and know like what your app is doing. I think I remember this from a random YouTube video or articles. It's like, during university, the lecturers are paid to read what you wrote. But when outside of university, you have to write really well so that people will be interested to read about or not complain about what you wrote. So there's a shift in perspective as well. Okay, I guess we can kind of move on to the final point. So going through your whole experience of an internship, like from looking for an internship to going through an internship and now progressing through the same company as a full-time backend engineer, do you have any advice for people on those that are looking for internship? That's one. And also overall to organizations that are offering internship positions do you have any advice or i won't say complaints but constructive criticisms for them to improve so so two questions one is for people who are looking for internships and another is for organizations that are offering internships any advices for both of those areas so for organizations that are offering internships i'll get that out of the way first the interns aren't going to know a lot of stuff so the people who are dealing with the interns are going to be very patient with them. They're going to understand that these kids are like brand new, fresh out of college. If you just use like the same kind of terms that you might use to like a colleague, these kids are just going to be completely confused. Which also, to the interns, you have to make sure that you speak up. If you don't understand what you're being told to do, you have to ask somebody. Like, Don't just assume you know what they're talking about and then you might go and do some work. And then one week later, you're like, hey, I finished my work and it's completely different to what they expected from you. So definitely ask for help. Yes, don't be afraid to ask for help because everybody was once a beginner too. And the people who are now no longer beginners, they forget how little interns actually know when they join. (laughs) 
And also, like, if you're looking for an internship, it might be helpful to first find out what language that the company that you want to go for, find out what language they're using, and try and learn that language by building something yourself. So that's probably the best way to learn. Yeah, you can do an online course or you can watch some videos, but you're not going to learn as well as if you were to build an app or build a web app or whatever using that language because you'll learn best by trial and error and stack overflow, which if you're just doing a course, you're never going to have to stack overflow it because they just tell you what you have to do, right? <laughs> and this is actually some advice from a friend that I had. So he said, try and go for an internship before you do your final year project. So that means you'll have some working experience and then you'll have some improved coding skills. So that's going to help you when you're doing your project. And also, like, if you're not sure of what path you want to go into in the tech industry, like, don't just limit yourself to one internship. You could just go and apply to other internships. Like, let's say you do a back-end internship, you finish that, and then you can go to a networking internship. And you finish that, you can go for a front-end internship. And then after you've done like a year of internships, then you can decide what you want to do for your career. Also, try and look for a company that you might want to stay in long term, where you can get your internship converted to a full time job. Because like once you've been doing an internship for like a couple months at a company, you're going to be familiar with the workflow and the environment. So it's more likely that they'll be willing to convert you into a full timer. Also, it's probably easier to get into a company as an intern compared to a full-timer. But they use the same interview questions. True, they use the same interview questions, but you have less number of interviews. So you might have two interviews as compared to four if you were going to go for a full-time job, even though it might be the same questions. And I guess the expectation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because of the expectations. Yeah, so you get to skip a couple of those interviews. Oh, another thing is when you're applying, go straight to the HR, like via email or LinkedIn. So try not to rely on just uploading resumes to like an online application form because the chances are you're not going to hear back from them. So let's say if you're uploading it to like Darwin or if you click the apply button on Job Street. So just try and find the HR's email and get in touch with them that way. And also like don't be discouraged by rejection. Sometimes you might just be rejected because the company's got so many applications for one internship role. And it's not that you're bad, it's just that there's no space left for you. So keep sending out your resumes and eventually you'll find somewhere that's suitable for you. And also to ask for updates on your application status after maybe like a week or two, because it might just be that the HR just like needs a reminder that you're still there and you're still waiting for a reply from them. Those advisors don't stop after your internship, right? When you're applying for a new job, applying for a new engineer role or new senior role, it's still the same thing. You're going to have to... Well, I've never personally reached out to any HR, but you have to follow up in your application and you kind of have to accept the fact after a while that they ghost you already, right? If you don't hear a response. So and then just move on to another company, I guess. We are worse than dating. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming and um, recording the episode with us, Felicity. I think everything that you mentioned here definitely will be very helpful, especially for those who are looking for interns and internships as well. And I think a lot of the advice that you gave, to be frank, doesn't only just apply to interns, right? A lot of the advice that you pointed out earlier does apply to like software engineers across experience. So yeah definitely useful pointers so yeah so before we kind of wrap up is there any shout out you'd like to give or any self-promotion you'd like to do i actually during my internship i wrote an article on like my company's medium blog which was about my experience as an intern like fixing a bug using test-driven development for the first time if you're an, also an intern that's figuring out how to write tests to check that out it might help 
apart from that, just maybe connect with me on LinkedIn if you want. Felicity Bowie is my name. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I'll share those links in the description so anyone who's interested can look into them. Yeah, once again, thank you so much for your time, Felicity. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, this is Coffee Overflow. Follow us on Twitter and we are on all major podcast platforms include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and we're also on YouTube. Good luck in your internship and don't let your coffee overflow. Alright, see you everybody. Thanks everyone.